It's time for another episode of the Franchise Business Radio Show, broadcasting live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta, sponsored by Franchise Intellect, knowledge of the franchise community for franchise selection. More info at FranchiseIntellect.com. Also made possible in part by Franchise.City, a better way to buy a franchise. More info at Franchise.City. And FranServe, the world's largest franchise consulting and expansion organization. More info at FranServe.com. Now, here's your host, certified franchise consultant, Pamela Curry. Hello, this is Pamela Curry, the host of Franchise Business Radio, coming to you live from the Pro Business Channel Studios in Atlanta. The Franchise Business Radio Show's mission is to be a platform to bring together business professionals to connect, educate, and collaborate to serve the franchise community and those considering franchise ownership. I do want to go ahead and give a shout out and thank our sponsors, Franchise Intellect, Insider Knowledge for Franchise Selection, and our partner, Franchise.City, a better way to buy a franchise, also made possible by FranServe, the world's largest franchise consulting and expansion firm. First, let's just um, go ahead and acknowledge the the time of today. We we all recognize that we are in unprecedented times right now due to the coronavirus. And I just want to give a shout out to our listeners and just say, you know, I hope you and yours and your family are staying safe and healthy. Um, also want to say thank you to our first responders. Uh, very much appreciate you being on the front lines, uh, which actually really makes this show a very, very timely one due to the guests that we have on the show, uh, which is part of a franchise system that I would consider to be essential. Uh, and they actually have many of their franchisees that are on the front lines um, of the current circumstances as well. We're going to touch upon that. Uh, but I'd like to go ahead and invite our guest. Um, our guest today is Jennifer Tucker, the COO of Home Watch Health, um, I'm sorry, Home Watch Caregivers. Uh, Jennifer, welcome. Thank you, Pam. I am delighted to be here today during this unprecedented uh, unprecedented time, like you mentioned. Yeah, absolutely. And admittedly, so we usually would have you in the studio. <laughs> but uh, since we are in this virtual environment right now, it's a pleasure to have you on the show as a virtual guest. Well, yes. Again, delighted to be here, even though we're all from our homes and hoping that children don't come barging in at any moment. Um, I think I think the listeners can probably very much relate to how Absolutely. that goes these days working from home. <laughs> Absolutely. So Jennifer, um, I'd like to go ahead and give our, our listeners a, a little bit of a backdrop on you. And we were having a little bit of fun talking earlier, though. Your name's Jennifer Tucker, and it's my understanding that you go by the nickname of JT. That is correct. We have another Jennifer also born the same year, which I will not share with you what year that is, although it was a great one. Um, and so having two Jennifers on our team, uh, we go by JT and JR, uh, <laughs> is my, my very close colleague. And uh, I also happen to be a Justin Timberlake fan. So I gladly take the, um, the name JT. Appropriate. <laughs> Well, JT, let's let's uh, let's give a little bit of backdrop on your background. I know I know you have a lot of experience. Um, Jennifer has actually eighteen years tenure in the home care industry and brings valuable insight into the competitive landscape, target market, as well as the unique dynamics of franchising. Uh, that's why I'm very excited to have her on the show. Uh, 
her passion for people and the HomeWatch Caregivers brand were very instrumental in getting her to the point where she is today uh, as the Chief Operating Officer, uh, which you were just named in February of 2019. Congratulations. In Thank ad- you very much. Yeah. In addition to your to that, your work as the Vice President of Marketing and Business Development at HomeWatch Caregivers, you, you previously worked in corporate wellness, case management, and health promotion, so a lot of experience there. These past experiences obviously bring a robust understanding of the ever-changing healthcare industry. Uh, after receiving your bachelor's degree in English and government law from Lafayette College in Easton Penn, you also earned a master's of Health Sciences from the Johns Hopkins School of Public Health in Baltimore. So obviously a lot of deep, deep knowledge and experience in what I would consider the healthcare space. Is there anything to add to that? No, not at all. I think you got it. <laughs> well, let's kind of start from the beginning. HomeWatch Caregivers. Currently, you're the COO of HomeWatch Caregivers. What exactly is HomeWatch Caregivers. What do you do? Yeah, so, you know, our reason for being, Pam, is that we empower people. So, um, you know, what our franchise owners will do on a day-to-day basis is to match fabulously talented and passionate caregivers with clients and families that need additional care. And that Mm -hmm. care could be um, helping with bathing, dressing, grooming, um, mobility, um, companionship, medication reminders, um, those types of things, activities of daily living so that individuals can remain as independent as possible wherever they choose to live, although most of our clients are still living in their own homes. Um, but like I said, it's really for us at the end of the day about empowering people, empowering our caregivers who rely on us for employment and meaningful employment um, and our clients and families helping them live um, in a place where they are not living with boredom, loneliness, and helplessness. Mm. We're trying to really bring spontaneity and connection and um, a purpose um, for our clients who have oftentimes been treated like patients and people are doing things to them and for them Mm -hmm. versus them maintaining kind of their place in the world as a contributing member of society on whatever level they can continue to contribute on. And that's what really makes us all tick um, within our network, whether it's our franchise owners or their staff or caregivers. That's what we're really trying to bring to the community. So it's really a public health effort that we're part of. So like you said, very much part of the healthcare continuum and really in the middle of everything that is going on right now with COVID-19. Oh, excellent. Uh, And you brought up something which... uh many listeners may not be aware of, but HomeWatch Caregivers is a franchise opportunity. Could you tell us a little bit about the franchise opportunity and the system itself? Absolutely. So we've been um, providing care as a brand since 1980 when our founder um, was taking care of people's pets in their home. Mm. (laughs) And our name was HomeWatch at that time. We had been formerly Dogwatch in the 70s. Oh, that's great. And realized there was a family that had said, hey, look, mother-in-law is living in the, you know, basement apartment. And while you're watching our house and our pets and we're out of town, would you please also hang out with her a little bit? Because she's kind of lonely and she's not coming with. Um, And so that's where our founder really saw the opportunity to take care of people and said, this is actually even more meaningful 
um, and purposeful for me and really started to focus on caring for people. So we started franchising the concept really seriously in 2002 mm-hmm. and um, since then have grown into about uh, a little over 200 locations worldwide, mostly in the U.S., but we do have a, uh, several locations in Latin America and Canada um, and our franchise owners are just fabulous. They make us what we are. Um, they drive the culture and the values that we have defined together and um, are so passionate about what they do. And, and that's what that's really what makes us special. Mm. Um, so when you think about, I mean, you already hit upon it, you know, what really differentiates home watch caregivers from other home care senior care franchise concepts or brands, uh, you, the recruitment, it sounds like you have really identified the right franchisee profile to make sure that you are having the representation um, of the philosophy of empowering people and everything that you've already shared. Um, what else differentiates HomeWatch caregivers from other concepts? Yeah, um, you know, when you're talking about the selection of franchise owners, it really is about, um, you know, our ideal candidates are, um, we're looking for a certain set of skills um, and not necessarily background. So that's just something to mention as people are listening. Um, it doesn't need to be that you were a nurse or a social worker or have any kind of healthcare background. Our franchise owners come from all walks of life, mm-hmm. and it's really about them having business acumen and really understanding how to manage people and really enjoying people because, Mm. you know, everything we do is, uh, you know, plugging in caregivers who want to take care of other people, um, networking out in our communities with other folks in the healthcare continuum or in social services. So our owners oftentimes act as their salespeople, um, at least initially. So it gets me really comfortable walking in hospitals, um, going to see uh, folks at home health hospice, talking to nurses and doctors all day long. Those are those are things they have to uh, get really comfortable with. One one of our differentiators um, that she asked about that is that we have this incredibly um, dialed in sales approach. Mm. So um, from other businesses, you know, oftentimes will grow because of their marketing efforts. They do direct mail or a lot of digital. Marketing, and we definitely do some digital marketing as well. But really, our local businesses grow based on those local relationships. Healthcare is purchased very locally, so it's so important that our owners know how to go approach these referral partners in a way that is very much about exploring what those partners need and how they can plug, um, you know, holes that those partners are having um, in terms of, you know, just. What are their needs as a hospital? You know, they have people bouncing back into hospitals um, because they weren't discharged appropriately with the right kind of help. So then we know we can we can be there for them at the point of discharge and help clients with you know eating the low sodium diet that they were prescribed, taking the meds, Mm. making sure that the physical therapy exercises are happening. So that approach to the way we actually reach out in our community is very unique and very different from your classic sales. Mm. And that's a huge part of what makes us different and and what we have seen success in. Um, Whereas some of the other senior care franchises are kind of out there, maybe some of them delivering donuts, that kind of thing to referral partners. And and we're having more conversations about data and really their needs and trying to figure out how we can partner together. 
That's great. So it, it sounds like you have a very refined approach to recruiting and retraining good caregivers. We do. You know, similarly, those are the really the two most important components of our business is bringing in the right kinds of clients um, and knowing how to go get them. Mm-hmm. And then um, being able to find fabulous caregivers who have the passion, they can learn the skill. A lot of our caregivers have skills coming in, but we feel like, you know, we have a very robust training platform called HomeWatch Caregivers University, mm-hmm. which is online training and testing. And that is powered by a company called Elias, but they're fabulous and um, they have all kinds of great courses. You can maintain your credentials if you're a nurse or a social worker by taking their courses. And that's something that's allowed us to make sure that we are constantly training our caregivers. There's, um, we have a, a brand standard that requires every caregiver to have at least 12 hours of continuing education per year. And we feel like that is hugely important in making sure our caregivers know what they're doing, are equipped in the home from a skills perspective, but also from an emotional and support perspective. Because, you know, we're taking care of a lot of people. Some of them might be on hospice Mm. and sort of um, near the end of life. So it's really important our caregivers have the support of knowing how to transfer someone appropriately so they don't get injured, nor does the client, but equally as important that they um, have the support if a client passes and mm. that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, really, are they're on the front lines. There's a lot. It's such a people and relational business and, and such a high emotional business, I would think, um, just because oh, of the nature it of it. Is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, the relationships that our that our caregivers build with the clients and the families is you know nothing short of just stunning. <laughs> um, <laughs> you know, you typically will see our office staff and caregivers um, invited to clients' funerals if they do pass. Mm. And I mean, we are an integral part of the family. We're in close contact regularly. It's so important that we're always communicating, sharing pictures of how mom's doing. Here are the updates, making sure that all that um, connection is happening um, is so important because we really do become, in many cases, kind of an adjunct part of the family. That's that's great. Uh, So I'd like to just talk a little bit about uh, HomeWatch Caregivers, the brand, the system in recent years. Uh, What would you classify some defining moments for HomeWatch Caregivers? Yeah, um, you know, a big moment about three years ago was being purchased by private equity. So oh, wow. we were, as I talked about, our, our founder, Paul Sauer, um, who was running Dog Watch and then Home Watch and then mm-hmm. added the caregivers. Uh, we were family owned for so many years and uh, and that had, you know, there was so much value there and it was wonderful. And then being owned by private equity, which was such a great opportunity for the family. Um, to be able to sort of, you know, move on and do, go to their next thing, we've found that there are, there are a lot of upsides of being owned by private equity, um, having access to more capital, being able to, you know, so one of the big things that we're in the middle of is a big software upgrade. Mm-hmm. Um, and we wouldn't be able to do that without the kind of support that we're getting through um, both our private equity and then there's a holding company that, Underneath the holding company, there are actually seven franchise brands. Um, so we've got Mosquito Squad and the Cleaning Authority and a bunch of other businesses that are franchised and touching, you know, touching homes mm-hmm. and home type based services. We're the only healthcare 
uh, related business, but it's really great to have that synergy as well. That's been a game changer for us um, of being able to tap into what other franchise systems are doing, whether it's in, you know, pool maintenance or cleaning or um, heating and air conditioning. We all share a lot of the same needs and the same um, kind of services that we need to provide to our franchise owners. So that has just added a ton of resources and support for all of us. Um, so those have, those have been some big things that have happened or are in the process of happening with this big software upgrade that we're doing. Um, and of course, you know, like probably most franchises were really focused on selling as well. So that's been a, a, a big defining thing for us going to private equity is really being able to invest in how do we grow the brand and the footprint and be in 600 locations worldwide, which is our, our 10-year goal versus mm. 200. That's great. Well, you know what? You, you brought up an interesting point there with the holding company, seven brands. Uh, and I can see how that would be of great value. It gets to a whole different level of economies of scale because it is allowing you to co-op and share some resources, even though the offering is different, like you mentioned, whether it's pool maintenance, mosquito squad, the cleaning authority. Uh, there are still similarities on some levels because it's those are service-based. And so I can see how you could have some real nice shared resources there. Yep, absolutely. Uh, I'd like to kind of circle back around with um, you know where the show initially started and, and as we had, alluded to, we're in unprecedented times right now, kind of in new uncharted waters. And, you know, during this time, you know, it, it's been very interesting to me. There's been such bipolar opinions. Um, at the same time, I have been very inspired by the creativity that is coming out of this, you know, current situation of COVID-19, um, and also inspired by how people are coming together. So not only the creativity, how people are coming together, uh, new efficiencies and potential revenue streams that might come out of uh, this situation. And I am just curious to hear from you, in what ways has COVID-19 impacted the home care sector the most? Yeah, um, you know, I think, you know, just to quickly touch on the ingenuity that we're seeing out there right now, we're absolutely seeing it within HomeWatch Caregivers. Um, we have owners that are doing all kinds of fundraising, making masks for people, mm. um, delivering food, donating um, personal protective equipment like masks and gloves. Um, where they can get access to additional um, PPE, we call it personal protective equipment, and <laughs> get it to other partners that might not have it. Um, hosting, you know, we've got an office up in um, Ann Arbor who's hosting regular town halls in her community. She's bringing in a local physician and um, letting other folks in the community know about, you know, the real information about COVID-19 because there can be, right, some misinformation out there so really getting it directly from doctors, um, you know, how, how we can continue to keep ourselves safe, that sort of thing. So our owners have just dived in, and those are just, a you know, a few smattering of examples, but we've got owners just doing all kinds of really innovative things out there in the community. But I think, um, you know, two big things that will change coming out of COVID-19, and, and um, one of them absolutely could have and should have been changing anyway is, really the shift toward telehealth. So, mm. you know, really using technology to take care of people in their homes 
in a much more significant way than we have in the past. We've had the capability for a good decade to be able to, you know, take blood pressure and to see clients and have them get on a weight scale and understand Mm -hmm. if there was a lot of, you know, gaining of pounds overnight because of, um, you know, issues with your heart. So Mm -hmm. there's a lot of really important data that we can be gathering from people's homes where, you know, 90% of healthcare is happening after you get discharged from the hospital or after you leave your doctor's appointment, you're sort of on your own Mm -hmm. to figure out, you know, some of the things I was talking about earlier, how to actually make the low sodium um, Mm -hmm. uh, menu plan because you don't really get taught that. They just say, hey, you need to cut out your sodium or you're going (laughs) to really have high blood pressure. But how do you actually do that? And How do you have a plan and how do you make sure you're shopping for healthy, fresh fruits and vegetables and and multi-grain bread and all of that? That's new skill sets that people have to learn and sometimes they're also not able, clients aren't able to get out to the grocery store regularly for Mm -hmm. for those fresh foods. So they're eating a lot of canned goods that have, Mm. you know, what do you know, lots of sodium. Sodium, right. So like there's all, there's all kinds of things that, um, that the healthcare continuum isn't necessarily thinking of that we do that, um, that where we can plug in. And I think we're getting more and more awareness of how very important healthcare is. But just that ability to use technology and take care of people more in their homes, even when we can't send in people, because you've got clients that are resistant right now, to having a caregiver in their home, how can we still have the connection and be making sure we're keeping an eye on how they're doing and intervening as appropriate um, when we can't actually be there in person? So lots of moving towards telehealth which is something we're really um, looking at as a brand. And then people not wanting to be in assisted living and skilled nursing homes right now Mm. because there's a lot of right news about that's where a lot of the COVID-19 cases are coming and spreading so quickly because of the proximity of the residents to each other. So I think we will see more and more people interested in figuring out how to keep loved ones at home just to kind of keep the exposure down. Makes sense. Totally makes sense to me. And it's interesting you should bring up the yeah. telehealth because I just had my first teledoctor experience with my dermatologist. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, right. Yeah. And it works, it's right? Absolutely. Like it's different, but it works nicely. And it's just a matter of like, okay, this is kind of how actually we should be doing this all along because I don't have to leave work necessarily <laughs> and, you know, stop my day to go to a visit if we can do that you know, more quickly and efficiently and, and not be burning up gas along the way. Well, mm-hmm. let's do it from our home or wherever, right? Agreed. Not having to sit in the, the doctor's uh, waiting room, right? The patient waiting room. Yeah. Uh, that saves That's a lot right. of time right there. So um, you have a great vision, right? A vision of great growth for HomeWatch caregivers. What's next? Yeah, so part of our, you know, uh, growth plans in getting to almost 600 locations in the next 10 years is really, um, you know, understanding how, how we're going to get there is going to be a mix of taking care of people who pay us privately, which many do today, mm-hmm. or through a long-term care insurance policy, but also really tapping into Medicare Advantage, which just recently in the last couple of years has started to pay for home care services like ours. So there's going to be a whole new opportunity to 
tap in with government payers. We've, we've always been able to work with Medicaid, mm-hmm. um, but now being able to work with Medicare Advantage as well, um, there's a lot of opportunity with the veterans and our veteran population. And like our first responders, right, they're just incredibly valiant. Yep. And we want to do everything we can to take care of that population as well. So expanding more into those contracts and understanding the different kinds of territories that we need to build mm. for our different franchise owners, whether they want to focus more on private pay or you're looking for maybe a higher household income kind of community versus a Medicaid community where equally have the same kinds of needs but might have a different payer source. And how do we grow into and support our franchise owners to deliver on um, all kinds of, you know, clients and having different payer sources required, back end um, and, and different, you know, sorts of support and modeling um, that we need to have in place to help our owners tap into those different opportunities. So that's going to be a huge focus for us going forward. Um, telehealth, I already mentioned, as something we'll be looking more and more at, how to fold that into our offerings. Um, and a big part of that is the software, this big software upgrade we're doing that impacts every one of our owners, and it will really allow us to modernize the way we're providing care, streamline things for our owners so that it's as easy as possible to take care of people and that we can be as connected um, with our caregivers and our clients and families as possible because, like I said, people are going to want to see each other remotely. They want regular updates. They want to see care notes what's happening with mom or dad um, on a real-time basis in the way they want it. And so we need to really be able to be responsive and give consumers what they expect, which anymore is a whole lot of, you know, sort of data, when I want it, how I want it. We're all kind of expecting that in this modern age. And Mm -hmm. home care, frankly, has been a little behind the times. We've been sort of antiquated. And so modernizing ourselves is, is a real focus for us. Well said, well said. Well, Jennifer, thank you so much. You've just been a wealth of information, and we really appreciate you sharing and providing some incredible insight in what's happening in the in-home senior care space and uh, how it can be a great franchise opportunity. Uh, Would you like to provide a way for our listeners to get in touch with you or get linked in with you? I'm sure. I mean, they can search Jennifer Tucker. There's probably a couple of us on <laughs> LinkedIn, but you'll see me as um, part of HomeWatch Caregivers. Um, and you can check out our website, HomeWatchCaregivers.com. Um, if folks are interested in care or want to know more about the franchise opportunity, we have an incredible franchise development team that um, is just happy to give you, you know, to provide people any information that they would need to make a good decision about whether or not this might be a great opportunity for them. Um, And, you know, the nice thing is our team is all the way through is about empowering people. So similarly, on the care side, our franchise development folks are wanting people to find the right fit, no matter what it is, um, and help people kind of achieve their dreams of business ownership. So, um, it's just, it's a fabulous group of people all the way around. We, I, I wouldn't be where I am without an amazing team and our franchise owners really are, again, what makes us so special. Well, great. Well, thank you so much. Um, thank you for calling in. You've been a lovely guest. I hope the next time we speak, it's in person. And, uh, yeah, I know we're moving to the, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> 
Okay, thank you so much, Pam, for having me on, and uh, hope to talk to you soon. Absolutely. You have a wonderful day, Jennifer. Okay. Bye. And- thanks. Bye-bye. For our listeners, I just want to say thank you for tuning in. This is uh, Pamela Curry, the host of Franchise Business Radio. Uh, As you know, we're a platform for bringing together franchise professionals to connect, educate, and collaborate to serve the franchise community and those considering franchise ownership. And if it has come to your mind that you may want to consider franchise ownership, please do not hesitate to reach out to me. That is what I do. That is what I'm here for. Um, I am a franchise consultant with insider knowledge for business selection. And we want to make sure that we're aligning you with the business that really makes sense for you. And we'll be able to help you navigate those waters. To learn more about my services, simply go to franchiseintellect.com or feel free to email me directly at pam at franchiseintellect.com. Again, I want to go ahead and say thank you to our sponsors. Check out franchise.city, a better way to buy a franchise. That is one of my business partners and uh, educational resources. In addition, Franserp, the world's largest franchise consulting and expansion organization. Thank you and stay safe and healthy. Thank you again for joining Pamela Curry and her guests for the Franchise Business Radio Show, sponsored by Franchise Intellect, knowledge of the franchise community for franchise selection. More info at FranchiseIntellect.com. Also made possible in part by Franchise.City, a better way to buy a franchise. More info at Franchise.City. And Franserve, the world's largest franchise consulting and expansion organization. More info at Franserve.com. Use the social media links here to share today's show and check out more episodes at Franchise Business Radio dot com.